Episode three. Episode three. We made it, you guys. <laughs> like this is a big milestone for us. I yeah. We have to establish milestones. I think for ourselves. Otherwise, how are we gonna judge how well we're doing? Truth. Let's play the intro. <laughs> Watch on the process beginning to end. Talking shop with your musical friends. Austin and Min. Austin and Min. Write a musical. So, what stories have you been reading or listening to or yeah. watching? Um, I haven't really. I've been sort of trying to find something to engage with. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I don't know. I've. Was rewatching some Friends, I think. Friends. <laughs> it's funny because when I watch Friends now, it's like, oh my gosh, the '90s. We we weren't as progressive as we thought. Oh yeah, no, far and away. <laughs> the fact that lesbian is a punchline and just gets laughs from people saying lesbian. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> very telling. Yeah, and it's very striking how white they all are. <laughs> like, and the only. People of color are people that Ross dates. Yeah. That's like how they got very, a black character yeah, and, it's and like an very Asian exotic. character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw a show called Beautiful Oops. Oh. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing. I don't know when this podcast, we're actually going to release it, so I don't know if it'll still be in... It'll probably be in SF, San Francisco. Yeah, it'll probably be in San Francisco. Gets released. Um, but if you have children, or even if you don't, and you just love cool theater, I really enjoyed it. I I told you earlier, I thought it was really, I felt like it was such a cool show, that if I were a kid, I'd be like, ah, I'm so excited to be here and see this happening. Um, and I love how you took a book that has no real plot, because it's very uh, experiential as you read it. Mm-hmm. And you didn't give it a, a full-on plot, but you gave it an arc. So it really didn't feel, even though it was kind of moment to moment unfolding in sort of vignette style or mosaic style, there was enough of a through line to keep it interesting and engaging for someone like me who looks for that. But even if it didn't have that, I think the kids, each moment was just so fun and unique that I think people enjoyed it regardless of the arc. Oh, well, thanks. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't take credit. I can't take credit for a lot of the structuring of the show, um, because even though I wrote it, Nina Nina Meehan, who directed the show, um, sort of held my hand through that whole process. That's so cool. I would come and be like, I have no idea how to how these things connect or like yeah. what I'm doing. And she would just sort of, in her very Nina way, would just sort of be like, oh, they just do this, and they go there, and then they do this. <laughs> um, but that's very telling as far as like, because we both have been one-man writing teams um, and people always ask, like, do you like, do you collaborate? How do you how do you just do it all? And while we do do it all in the writing sense, we definitely lean on directors and dramaturgs and actors to like help us figure out. Oh yeah, the missing pieces or the parts that we don't feel comfortable about. We need these other people to help us. So it's always collaborative, even if we're writing everything. Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, well, and it's impossible to, I don't know, there's moments where, like, you've got these two things, and it's just like, I, because you're also sort of in, while you're working on it, you're judging those two things also, so it's like, I've got these two moments that I like, but it's like, 
are these even the moments in the show? Mm-hmm. Like, is are these the right moments? And so while you're having that question, it's hard to come up with, like, well, then how do they fit together if you don't already have that idea? So to have somebody else sort of look at what you have and be like, oh, we'll just have them, just have them walk over. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, great. I guess it can be that simple or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, the magic of theater. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> glad you enjoyed it. I um, did. I, I'm really glad I got to see it. Yeah. Um, Should we recap? Sure. Let's recap what we did last episode and yeah. then sort of help that'll allow us to lead into what we're doing this episode. Yes. So last episode, we expanded on what we had before. Uh, we kind of landed on an idea about something to do with a game world. Um, and last episode, we kind of unpacked that a little bit more mm-hmm. uh had some questions about or, or or talked about what was exciting about that um what would be some potential like inroads to story to character um i don't know what else do you recall yeah um i think just sort of nailing down the idea that there was a story to be told about a world in which there was this sort of fully immersive game and other other world um, mm-hmm. And we had touched on sort of plot elements of like uh, events that might happen within that world. Or, yes. um, but I think the questions that we had arrived at that we wanted to explore with this concept were things about like uh, identity and sort of mm-hmm. self expression of the self in a world where you can kind of reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. And how does that clash? What are sort of the ethical questions or. Uh, stylistic questions about like is it wrong to portray yourself differently in this world or not necessarily wrong but what are the questions that come up if like if i'm playing someone of a different gender or of a different yeah uh race or um background Um, or things like that and we also well i remember i brought up like mundaneness as a thing that was interesting to me about like whether it's the real world and escaping it Mm-hmm. through this game or even some of the games that are out there are kind of real life simulators. Yeah. Uh where you escape your real life to go to the simulated real life environment. Um as well as socioeconomic uh-huh. status and how that could play into dynamics between characters. Yeah. Well, and so that brings up questions for me uh to just sort of kick things off like mm-hmm. why because I, I, we had talked briefly before we started recording about how, like, should we do a more fantastical game world or a more mundane game world? And we both sort of agreed that a more mundane game world is more interesting. And I, I guess my question is, why do we think people... What is attractive about that then? Like, what is the attraction to participating mm-hmm. in a mundane game world? Both why are we attracted by it and also, like, what... What draws people into playing yeah. it? I'm drawn to it because I feel like every portrayal of like a video game world in media mm-hmm. or in theater leans towards that fantasy representation. There was that web series, The Guild. Yeah. I mean, th- that they play up the Dungeons and Dragons world of mm-hmm. gaming a lot, like that, that fantasy uh, genre. And so it's just, in some ways, it's a way to do something different. Uh-huh. But also, I think there's a lot of humor that can be found by juxtaposing a mundane real world with a kind of mundane sim world. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and because I myself play these games and get a lot of enjoyment out of it, uh, of course, and sometimes I get stressed out by it because it's like, why well, I'm you know I'm raising money and I need to keep keep my money growing for this game that is not real. Um, and I think that's humorous. There's something really interesting and odd to me that we spend so much time in these fake worlds that are pretty much similar to our real worlds. But there's some, you know, I, yeah, that, well, that so, is something worth talking about. Like, why do we play those kinds of games? Yeah, well, so I, I guess I would posit that um, it's, it's a way to, one, it's a way to explore narratives. Like, mm-hmm. um, in a way that you can't necessarily do in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you can, I don't know, in the Sims or whatever, you can work in jobs that you wouldn't normally get to work in. You can, right. like, build a house that you would never be able to build in real life. Um, like, the adventure, like, there is an adventure in in normal life yeah. also. Like, you don't have to be slaying a dragon to have adventures. Like, yeah. um, and, and, or, like, to have a, a certain kind of family or, like, to, I don't know, because... Similarly in Sims, it's like the famous, it's like you put people in a swimming pool and then you take out the um, the ladders climbing out. <laughs> and it's like a very sort of cruel uh, act of murder. Uh-huh. Um, but like that's, that's a thing that like lots of people do in The Sims. It's like right. you're exploring, uh, one sort of testing the limits of the game, I guess, is also. Like yeah. that's always a fun part of playing games is like finding the limits of them. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, having sort of mundane adventures in addition to yeah. fantastic ones. Uh, I wrote down that reward is more immediate in these games. Mm-hmm. Like, in real life, it takes a while to invest in something and for it to bear fruit yeah, oftentimes. Yeah. Whereas in the game, you know, time is sped up. Um, and so what happens in a year can happen in an hour. Yeah, and you get that reward center of your brain going ding 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 and feeling good about the fact that you built this building and now it's successful and now you can move on to building other buildings. Um, the other element I wrote is control. Yeah, uh, that there's a level of like, yeah, you get to be the boss of this company. You get to open this roller coaster theme park and mm-hmm. run it, uh, which you might not be able to do in real life. And there's a level of being able to control that life, control that business. Yeah. Well, and even just the control of turning the game off or logging off, mm-hmm. like you, if, if like even just like in a chat room setting or whatever, like if I'm having a conversation with a person in person, uh, I guess in theory I could just walk away, mm-hmm. but it's very different if I can just close the window yeah. or just quit the game. Um, and you, like if my character's not turning out the way that I wanted, you can just quit the game and try again. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and that's something that we can't do in real life. Right. Um, you're stuck with what you got. Yeah. Although, are you, is a yeah. good question. That is a good question. Because <laughs> well, people so, talk about reinventing themselves. And that yeah. might be a mechanic to think about in this story, is like, is there a way to sort of increase the stakes on this game character? Um, Meaning? Like... One of the f- like one of the really fun things about playing a game or creating an avatar is that you you can try stuff because it doesn't matter if it fails. Uh-huh. Um, there's no real there's no real world consequences, um, and so like that's why someone who might be timid in real life can be sort of can explore mm-hmm. uh, something else online. Um, 
But so, I, but just like, is in a world where this game exists and you are playing as whoever you want, I mean, that in itself is interesting, but is there, is there something about not wanting to ruin your avatar or whatever? Ah, um, that this character is an investment in some, in some way that, or like maybe the more you've built up uh, game play time with this character, the more uh, there's some incentive to keep that character or, yeah, or something like just that. Just something, it's just an element, it's a, yeah, it's an element of story that seems like mm-hmm. we want to think about. Yeah, I mean, we could, uh, one of the thoughts I had was to maybe start really bird's eye view mm-hmm. uh, and maybe even see, like, what is this, where is this game being played? Yeah. Uh, are we setting it in present day? Or are we setting it in 2018 so that if this gets produced years later, it's still 2018? Are we setting it oh, in the recent sure. past? Um, we don't have to decide that now, but like those kinds of ideas of yeah. like starting with like, you know, or even just starting with the game, maybe starting there. Like who plays this? Why are they playing it? Is it really popular? Is it just something that a, a cult following, there's a cult following for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I will say, just, just riffing, yeah. I think... Off the top of my head, it's probably not everyone plays this game. Uh-huh. I think it's probably available for, I don't know if it's free or what, but I think it's probably sort of like a niche a niche, um, cult following, I guess. But, like, but a group of players of all, of all walks of life. Um, although, I guess maybe, like, groups that don't necessarily expect to find other people who are not like them playing, Uh um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, what if it was a game that like, maybe everybody, it caught, maybe it was really critically acclaimed and it's really popular in that sense. So everybody's tried it. They've downloaded an app, they've put it on, you know, but it's not, you know, most people play it for an hour and they're like, okay, now I get what it's about. And they stop kind of like how some TV shows are where it might be really popular, but it's really like they're diehard fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, there's something appealing to me about it being in the public consciousness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like in real life, it's like, Oh, you play. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. You play that. Right. Or, or like, if no, you might even be like somebody who's like world of Warcraft. Isn't that that game with, that like they don't know for sure yeah. but they've heard of the title uh-huh. and they know it's a thing yeah so. what i like about this idea of like sort of uh popular in the sense that everybody knows what it is but not the most attractive mm-hmm. game or at least um i li- i guess what i like about that is it's it sets up the idea that there's this community of people who are using the game differently yes than other people are yes um like everybody thinks this is a game about, I don't know, driving trucks. Yeah. But really what it is for us is a way to, like, form a community kind right. of thing. Um, do you follow YouTubers, gaming YouTubers? No, not really. Uh, I don't follow a ton, but there's, you know, I I love Mario, Super mm-hmm. Mario, and Super Mario Odyssey came out last fall, um, and I played it, I finished it, and now I'm watching YouTube videos of people breaking the game, finding mm. glitches, giving themselves new challenges to jump from here to there uh-huh. or to make it through without the cap. 
you know, that, that there is this like community aspect where it's like this YouTuber will be like, give me, give me another challenge and I'll see if it's possible next time. Um, that has nothing to do with what the original designers intended for the game. But although I do think they intended that people would have fun exploring after they were done completing everything. Uh Um, but this is only something that the best players will actually get to because they're the most committed to learning all the tips and tricks. And we could play with whether the game designers intended that or not. I think I had the idea last week of like, what if somebody stumbles upon this new section of the game they didn't know was there Mm -hmm. and it opens up this whole other objective um, that most basic players wouldn't be able to reach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, so riffing on that... one thing that I don't like, which I guess is maybe a bad way to start. That's fine. But um, I don't really... I'm not very interested in having a situation where, like, the game designers intentionally have some feature with sort of, like, mysterious properties. Mm. Like, oh, if you're in the know enough, you can do this thing. But I do like the idea that there is some unintentional feature that is very attractive to people, sort of in the know. Yeah. And they're using the game in a way that maybe it wasn't necessarily intended, but um, yeah. but it's, it's functional and, and people are really getting something out of it. And then I like the idea that in order to, to participate in that way, there is some barrier to doing so. Yeah. Like, oh, did you know that if you pay $10,000 for this version one of the things that you get is this thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is, um, you, yeah, you get to yeah. alter your avatar or whatever that thing is. Yeah. What is this game? Yeah. I guess I've been envisioning it just as sort of a, like a version of Second Life. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Which I still need to look up and see what that's all about because oh, i don't yeah. i don't know the details of second life i think you just kind of wander around mm-hmm. but maybe that's good home maybe we can all start playing second life <laughs> um i don't i need a i don't think my computer is good enough to play games on <gasps> see a barrier yeah well yeah I yeah guess. there you go um yeah so i guess what that means in my head is it is uh, like a cityscape or uh-huh. a community, like The Sims, I guess. Like yeah. it's a place where you log on and you are an avatar and you exist in some way. I mean, I so ultimately, I guess what we talked about originally, or like what we talked about just now, is like this idea of control uh-huh. and like as you play the game, you get more control. Mm. Like you, you as you sort of gain points or experience or whatever like your house is more like what you want it to be uh-huh. your character is more like what you want it to be um i my understanding is that's how like second life generates money is like people or designers or whoever i guess you could probably be anybody but like you'll you'll build a patch that is outfits or whatever uh-huh. and then you will sell that on the marketplace Right. Of, like, if you pay $10, your character can wear this set of clothes. Uh-huh. Um, and so, that's a monetized form of expression. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm wondering if it is 
I don't think this is that quirky or interesting, but I'll just throw it out there. Uh, something along the lines of the more uh, wealthy or the more you um, open up businesses or whatever it is, uh, you can kind of become the mayor or like a government leader in this virtual world. And um, I don't know that that gives you more power. And and then therefore, or even like if you if your business in the game gets big enough, you sell that product to other players mm -hmm. something where the the power of your character grows socially yeah too there's and there's something interesting about the idea of um a, a powerful game character contrasted with a person who in real life may not be powerful right. at all right um and the idea that like because uh, uh, like one of the things that's interesting about these sort of online communities is that m game money becomes real money. Mm -hmm. Like you are spending money to get game money, and like uh, I, some I think in Korea there are uh, like industries around like building up characters and then selling them. Oh wow. Um, I can't remember what game I heard that's happening in. Maybe World of Warcraft. Okay. It's like you can, people spend their days like building a really great character and then selling, it to, and then selling it to someone. Interesting. So, and that's an ex that's external yeah. to the game. Yeah. Huh. Um, cool. Well, I <laughs> so I think that sounds great. I think we'll probably flesh out the specifics of that game concept. Yeah. Hopefully, as we go along. Yeah. Um, maybe if we talk a bit about possible characters and sure. character dynamics, that could open up more dynamics of the game as far as what we might feel is at stake. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. who's playing? Who are we interested in writing and following story-wise? Great. Um, I... Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it's so open-ended right now. <laughs> I know. So uh, people of all walks of life i assume how how large a cast do we think i mean i, I guess it's too early to say really yeah. but like how how many people do we really want to follow yeah that's a good question i mean there's also a question of is it uh one lead two leads four leads like is it about their dynamic as a group or is it about like one or two people's growth and quest for whatever yeah I think I am probably most interested in at least two people that we see pretty complete portraits of. Uh-huh. Like, whether that be sort of starting with each one individually and then having them meet in-game. Uh-huh. Or, or out of game or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like the split-screen element of this like w there are two real world worlds like uh -huh. we're seeing a contrast between those worlds I see. and we're seeing a contrast between the real world and the game and world the game world uh-huh um and so yes but i don't know who the most i maybe one way to think about it is like who would be interesting people to put in dialogue in real life right and another thought i'm having is like are they antagonistic towards each other or are they is it like they're the buddies or even they're the romance uh -huh. that we're seeing unfold like what are we interested in telling the story of them together uh-huh or of are they like 
in competition with each other. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, I'm interested in some form of romance, I think. I, I could phrase this better. But I think it's the idea that in some ways by having this conversation through this game, you are sort of seeing the person as they really are, mm. even though they are perhaps nothing like they are in right. real life. Um, it's like you're having this relationship. Both of you are having this relationship online that is who you both want to be online. Uh-huh. And that's just really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so in that case now that I'm talking about, it, it's like I feel like one of the people is probably married in real life. Mm. Or... Um, There's some hindrance yeah. to... Or just because, or just like it's it is a fantasy for them, right? And even though they really care about this relationship, it's like it it is not real, yeah. And they are really happy in their real, real life, life marriage, also. Uh huh. Um, I mean, it could be any sort of they could be unhappy. Like you could take it any number of ways, but I think the most interesting conflict for me is the idea that they are really happy in both, maybe. Mm. Um. And it's not a problem because it's not cheating because it's all in this game world? Yeah. Their, on well, their side, at least? On their side, at least in their... Like, their spouse might disagree. Mm. I mean, their spouse might not understand what's going on. Then it's like, they're just playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or they might understand and accept... I don't know. There's a lot of room to, like, sort of explore yeah. what that could be. Um, and then, on the other side, I don't know... I guess someone who is really invested in mm-hmm. in that role. Uh-huh. And then I guess in that case, maybe I would like make them sort of like, like, and that I guess for me, the most interesting thing would be if they are playing someone who is very different from who they are in real life. Sure. So like if they were to like journey out to meet this person in real life, um, like, they are not who they are online. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a barrier to the relationship also. It's like, this person is going to leave their spouse for you in real life because you you're, not, you're not who you are online also. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, how do they meet? I'm trying not to get into specific traits. Yeah. Because I think that we can always change and adapt later, but yeah. just kind of situationally, I, I, I obviously they met through the game. Mm-hmm. Then that tells me there there might be some collaborative effort, or is it just like they met and they were in a relationship? They just enjoyed each other's company in the game. Yeah. Versus, did they ever have to accomplish something and they helped each other out? And mm-hmm. now that you know they have this shared history of. We built this together. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what is the most funny to me is the idea that we like we met in the office. <laughs> like, we both work at the same office. Uh-huh. And it's like, you mean your real office? Uh-huh. And it's like, no, no, no. I mean, like, in the game. In this game. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, I think it's like... Uh, otherwise, the only other way I know about, like, is a more fantastical thing of like we were in the same party and we went out Mm. on this quest together yeah or like we met 
mining Ethereum or whatever it is. But if right. it is like, no, we both work at this. We both work at Game Corp. Uh huh. Um, and he's he's in finance, and I'm in finance, and we both <laughs> do that. Um, Which really highlights the mundane aspect that we were talking about. If that were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it doesn't I don't know that it's necessarily that, but but the idea that you would I mean, I guess another way is like he's my neighbor in the game. Um yeah. Or I mean, I like the idea. I mean, we we can toy the toy with this uh later, but um that we see even if we don't necessarily see how they meet that how they met is remarkable in some way. Not fantastical. Just, like, of note. So it's not as simple as, like... I feel like neighbor is, like, a little less interesting yeah. than this office idea and, like, some montage of them talking more, uh-huh. literally standing around a virtual water cooler yeah, and chatting, um, I dreaming mean, about what they're going to accomplish with this e-money that they're making. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like I might buy a dinosaur. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean that's that is fun. This idea that the things that you can do in the game is are the fantastical elements like buying a dinosaur, but in a very like ordinary way. Like yeah. you just keep it as a pet. So, what are some ways in which they can meet that are of note? I mean, I like, so you're meeting at your, your game place of employment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is it like some sort of meet cute? Um, you log, you log in, you're playing your game and you meet this person and they are, I kind of like the idea that it has something to do with their avatars. Like they're dressed mm-hmm. differently than you're used to. Like. The I like something very physical is what's attractive in a way. I guess I'm just leaning towards like they were so hot, but that's not. <laughs> I sure just the idea that what is what attracts you to them in game is yeah. is unreal. That could be why they like fall for each other, or like what initially gets them falling for each other. But what brings them together could be some. In order to progress to level 75, you need to get these papers signed by oh, uh-huh. a certain person, and the game randomly assigns you. Sure. And you have to find this yeah. random person. Oh, I think you're my... Yeah. You're my... I think you need to sign these in order for me to... Can you just get it over yeah. with? But as they're doing it, they actually have a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Some sort of required collaboration. Yeah. I mean, that's a very classic rom-com setup where it's like, I need this thing from you and then eventually I'm going to fall in love with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But if it could be just as boring as real life, um, something like that where they both need that thing from each other in order to level up and Uh then once they've done it, most likely people just don't talk again because it's like, great, thanks for doing that, bye. But they find something in each other that is worth continuing to chat. Mm -hmm. And what could be... I mean, we we don't have to leave this topic, but what could be a point of conflict? Like, what is there a major conflict? Is there a major objective that we then kick into gear 
by act two of this three-act film. Yeah. It's a musical. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, I think ultimately the heart of the show is going to have to come down to the relationship Uh conflict, like choices that we make about um, who we are committed to, like who we're giving our sort of emotional attention and all that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice if there was a more environmental conflict also. Um, that's where I feel like that element of, um, an unintended purpose that the game designers did not mean for something to be an objective or an achievement, but maybe these two stumble upon it and go like, oh, we can do this. And it becomes kind of it maybe blows up into something bigger and other people get involved. It makes the news. It's like, what is this thing? Now people are flocking to buy this game and it maybe even makes the game more popular or changes the dynamics in some way where it's no longer this simple office game that they thought it was. And in some ways it's really cool because it opens up this new thing, but in other ways they miss what they had Mm -hmm. or not at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or, you know, something that they have to, surmount or overcome and and obviously then bringing in other characters and what you know are there other characters why are they there what are they there for as far as in-game challenges or uh, changes it's like if there's a monetary element that comes something that affects the real world mm-hmm. like uh there's a cryptocurrency introduced or whatever and it turns out it's for some reason very valuable in real life mm. um that would create sort of a gold rush thing, um, and everybody's sort of flocking to this game to do that. Um, that's one way to go. I'm, I don't that, I don't have a clear image of how that plays. Me too. Me um, I think I think there's also a question of I like how much of the show is actually about the game Mm -hmm. or is the game just a thing that is happening while this while these characters are going through their own stories like what's happening what's happening in the real world for them for them Uh um and the game is just sort of another facet of their lives got it um yeah I, i guess i just worry if we put it too much on the game to tell the story it's necessarily a a quest or a a game yeah. story. Yeah. Um, then in that case, what are I don't know what are, what are real world stories <laughs> <laughs> that we'd be interested in telling? Yeah, like what is happening in the world um, while this is going on? I and uh, to add to that, are we interested in a contrast? Like, a classic setup, which I'm not interested in, necessarily, is, like, a very liberal person and a very conservative person mm-hmm. finding each other in this game. You know, that's an yeah. easy, obvious thing to, like, set them apart. Um, but are we looking for some kind of contrast like that that then becomes a point of contention once it's revealed who they actually are? Yeah. Well, I think I think in that way, what I like is grounding it in... Uh, like, if it is this love story, it's, like, there are reasons that they cannot be together other than, like, political beliefs or whatever. Yeah. Like, 
And I'm I'm more interested in the idea that like, well, someone has another relationship that they are mm-hmm. in, and or like that you are not. I've I've been essentially lying to you this whole time in a way that was not lying. Like it's totally appropriate that we are playing people other than we are. But like I am in love with you now and I am nothing like what I have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like the, the inherent risk there mm-hmm. and like, I, I mean that in itself is a story. Like you could tell a whole story of just people getting to know each other and then the reveal that they are not who they are and do we still love each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess, I don't know that we need to feel like we need to complicate if that is what we want to do. Like we don't need to complicate it too much, but, um, what it, it would be nice to know who those people are and what crises they might be facing like what like this relationship can be a refuge from or they can help each other through right personal things like that do we want to do we want to try to nail down who they are more i think we can i mean depending on where we think we're at I think oh, I we think can write about at time. <laughs> I think like that's it. what I was going to say yeah. is um, that something maybe we can think about during the week. We are not doing this discussion yeah. and come back maybe with some thoughts because there, there are questions now of like, which stories are we trying to tell? Are yeah. we wanting to tell? And which are we interested in like those who have been othered uh-huh. having a voice in this story and, you know, race, gender, uh, sexual orientation, disability, all of these uh, people who are marginalized or othered in our society. How much, like who and why and yeah. how does that unfold in this story? Because I don't, I'm not interested in like John and Joe, no, like whatever, like <laughs> two cisgendered straight white people having this meet cute thing happen. It's like, we've seen that in many forms. So, Mm -hmm. and so there's a question of like who then and why? Yeah. So that's something to think about. Let's think about that during the week and come back and maybe next week is character building. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. (laughs) Um, all right. Uh, any last thoughts before we go? Oh, we have a new email address. Oh, we do? Yes. Uh, if you have thoughts and comments or questions or things that come up as you're listening and you're like, this would be really cool for you to read, you can reach us at austinandmin at gmail.com. There is no H at the end of my name. Neither is there an H at the end of Austin's name. But that's austinandmin at gmail.com. And yeah, send us your thoughts and we'd love to hear from you. Do, do people like to put an H on the end of your name? Oh, they love it. Oh. It's because it's the Vietnamese spelling, and oh. I think they naturally just think it has an H because they're used to seeing it, like Ho Chi Minh. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It happens all the time. People love to add vowels to my last name. <laughs> like Zumbaro. People uh-huh. love, like, yeah, people love to insert <laughs> vowels into my last name. Um, I mean, it's just so ready for vowels. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's fertile ground for for a good vowel. Uh, All right, well... Till next time. See ya. Amwem is produced by Austin Zumbro and Min Kong. Theme song composed by Austin Zumbro, performed by Austin Zumbro and Min Kong. Logo designed by Melissa Nigro. If you like our podcast, leave us a review and subscribe.